So the truth is, the truth is that whenever we get together for, uh, whenever any even get together, for any reason, it's a place of Kedusha, it's a place of Bracha. Especially when you even get together, especially when you even get together on a Yontif, and especially when you even get together on a Yontif, with a Tzadik, so it's even more Choshev. So it's a tremendous chos that we have, uh, the Rewarmagur Rebbe is uh, gracing, gracing, his, gracing us with his presence. It's a big chos for us. The truth is, it's not the first time. The truth is that the first Yotas Kislev for bringing we had here was uh, before the construction, still phase one, you know. So Rebbe also came. So I that the first time he came was Yotas Kislev. So I we should say something in Chesidus. That's uh, probably the seven. To celebrate together, So the whole Farbregen really and the Torah that we're about to share and the Esairas, Bez Hashem, and all the brachas that we'll receive, Bez Hashem, should be the Tzchus, the Refu Shleimah, for Elke Devar, Bas Mirim, Rivke Chan, and she should have Refu Shleimah, Bakar Mamish, Besar Shachal Yisrael, should only share in Simchas and Besiris Toivis and Achamis. Alright, so you know, there's a clown in the Kisferi, there is Megala, that there are certain lights, there are certain iris which are so intense and so brilliant that when they're, when they're exposed in their full glory and you're in the presence of that light, it's almost impossible to discern any pratim, to discern any details. It's almost impossible to know what it is that you're a part of. But it's tafka because of concealment, and when you see something somewhat from a distance, and that great light just finds little ways of, you know, little cracks to, you know, to shed some light through, it's tafka sometimes through those concealments and through that distance that you're able to better understand and appreciate what that light is. Whereas in, your, in the presence of light itself, it's overwhelming. So the Rizal says even that such a thing that the Iker Tikkun is dafka with Levushin, dafka with things being covered over, to give the ability to perceive those details. So Purim is a very, very big light. Purim is a very big light. And the truth is when the light of Purim is fully exposed, which is, you know, on, on Purim itself, it's almost impossible to know what it is. It's Adloyada, it's, uh, it's overwhelming. So Rabbi Yishma gave us a bracha this year, which is called a leap year. And this year, we're able to sort of look at Purim from a distance. And there's just enough covers over Purim, and just enough of a concealment over that sun that's called Purim, that through this crack, you know, sort of in the year, that's called Purim cotton, we're able to look through that crack and look at Purim a little bit, you know, with, uh, with sunglasses on, you know. I'll be able to see a little bit more of the nuance of what Purim is. So talk of all days to really speak about the Indian of Purim, to try to be masigid, it's Tafka from Purim Kadim, when you look, gaze at it from a distance. So it must be that in the essence of Purim Kadim, it's contained the essence of what Purim is in a way that we can sort of process properly and in, in a way that can change our avoid, hopefully. 
I suppose the thing is Burm Cotton. So, no, you know, uh, for bringing in Kamvak uh, Shem is not complete until you quote it from the guy, right? So, it's, uh, so, so what's Burm Cotton? So, why? So, the, 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 everyone knows the last Ramah, the last halacha in Archaim, talks about the halachas of Burm Cotton. And the Shulchan Aruch over there, the Machaber and the Ramah, basically both agree with the same point, which is that fundamentally, the halacha of Burm Cotton. The, the, the halachas of Purim Kodim fundamentally, primarily are that one is not allowed to fast and there's no hesped and it's aser behesed of times. That's the fundamental halacha of Purim Kodim. Rama says it's also good to be married with the simcha and so on. But iser hesped v'taynis. So what's the, where's that coming from? We know the, the rule of Purim, Purim is once a year and Purim is Pesach Shein, uh, is Adr Shein. So what's the Indian of Purim Kodim and halacha? So it's a Vilna Gain. The Vilna Gain is the Vilna Gain, it's Magnavram, it's other Kharnim as well. The Vilna Gain explains that this is the, the Makar of Purim Katan is as follows. It's not coming from the regular rules of Purim that we find in Megillah Sester. Rather, it's coming from something else. Another Megillah that's called Megillah's Tainus. What's Megillah's Tainus? So it's a whole Sogi in Rosh Hashanah, Daviches, Yutas. The Gemara says like this We know that in the times of the second base on Megdash, there was something that was called the Megillus Tainus. Megillus Tainus was a list of many holidays, many young Taivim. Small little miracles that took place to the Jewish people during the time period of the Beis HaMikdash. A drought, rain came during a drought, a decree of the Romans was uh, nullified, a decree of the Greeks, yeah. little mini young Taivim. And there was, these were lists of days that were called Megillus Tainus. And the halacha of these lists of these days recorded in Megillus Tainus was that there are behesped of Tainus. Now, among those days recorded in Megillus Tainus was also Purim, Hanukkah, amongst other Yom Taifim. <clears throat> now, the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that during the times of the Beis HaMikdash, all these holidays were kept. These were Yom Taifim of Megillus Tainus. It says the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, after Churban Bayez, Batla Megillus Tainus. All these many holidays are not kept anymore. They cease to exist. They only existed during the times of the Beis HaMikdash. I'll speak about that in a moment soon. Says the Gemara, though, the only two holidays of Megillus Tainus that remain are Hanukkah and Purim. Hanukkah and Purim. Which means that the Yontif of Purim really has two origins. There's two roots that Purim has. On the one hand, Purim exists because of Megillus Esther. On the other hand, Purim also exists and is kept because it's recorded as a mini-holiday of Megillus Tainus. That's the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. Says it on the Gain, well, here's the Pshad and Purim Kod. When it comes to the Yontif of Purim as it's expressed and as it's obligated through Megillus Esther, when is that? That's Adr Shein. That's once a year Adr Shein. But says it on the Gain, what's the name of Adarishan, the Purim Kod of Adarishan? The name is, is because there's another source of Purim, which is Megillus Tainus. And Megillus Tainus doesn't stipulate it has to be only once a year, maybe it could be twice a year. So as far as the Yontif of Purim as it's expressed through Megillus Tainus, which is like all the other mini holidays of Megillus Tainus in Isser, Hespid, and Tainus, so that's Purim Kodim. That's what we're celebrating now. We're celebrating now not necessarily the full-fledged Purim of Megillus Esther. We're celebrating Purim as it's recorded in Megillus Tainus. So that's the halacha of what Purim Kodim is. So it must be contained in that as Mamash, the essence of Mamash, the essence of what Purim is. To be able to perceive Purim, we have to see it through Megillus Tainus. So what's the Pinimius of this Indian? What's uh, Megillus Tainus about? 
All right, so one other nikkud that we have to know before we understand it better. So I mentioned the Gemara Shashana. The Gemara Shashana says that the Megillus Tainus, again, all these many holidays, all these many holidays that existed during the times of the second Beis Amikdash, after the destruction of the Beis Amikdash, but the Megillus Tainus, they were bottle. They ceased to exist. And again, the exception of is Hanukkah and Purim. Why? Why were these holidays bottle? Why did they stop being celebrated after Purim Beis Amikdash? So the Gemara says, it's a statement of Rav. Rav said, the reason why Vatl Megillus Tainus is because there was another group of holidays that existed during the times of the second Beis Amikdash. And after the destruction of Beis Amikdash, this other group of holidays were Vatl. So Megillus Tainus follows that pattern, that model. What were this other group of holidays? Says the Gemara, the other group of holidays that were, existed during the second Beis Amikdash and were bottle after the Churim Beis Hamikdash, where the Yom Tovim of Tishabav, Shavas Vatama, Zasar Vatavis, Songadali, all the, what we, what we commemorate as fast about the Churim Beis Hamikdash, during the times of the Beis Hamikdash, they were celebrated as Yom Tovim. So says the Gemara, said Rav, just as the Yom Tovim of Tishabav, Shavas Vatamas, and so on, were bottle after the Churim Beis Hamikdash, so, so too, all these many holidays of Megillus Tainus also became bottle after the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. So that's the Gemara. Now the truth is, the Gemara itself brings up this point, and the Gemara doesn't really clarify what the solution is. But the Gemara raises the obvious issue. What in the world do these many holidays of Megillus Tainus have to do with the holiday of Tisha B'Av, Shabbat Svetamas, Asar B'Tavis, and so on? Let's put it this way. The reason why the Yantiv of Tishabov, the Yantiv of Tishabov and Shabbos and so on ceased to exist after the Quran based on English was why? Is because the whole Yantiv of Tishabov at that time was a celebration of the base of English. So while you have a base of English, you have a Yantiv that's called Tishabov. When you have a Quran based on that took place on Tishabov, then you have an annulment of that Yantiv of Tishabov. So when you have a Yantif that's based on Beis HaMikdash, then obviously when the Beis HaMikdash is gone, those yantif, that Yantif ceases to exist. But what does that have anything to do with the Yom Tov and Megillus Tainus? The Yom Tov and Megillus Tainus are not Beis HaMikdash based. Those many holidays were again commemorating a drought that stopped, uh, a Magaifa that ended, a decree of the Romans that, that, that was annulled. They're not, they're not celebrating the Beis HaMikdash that when the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed, they should stop. What's the Gemara talking about? That just because, just as, the Yontif of Tisha B'Av, Shavas V'Tamaz, Asar B'Tavis, which were Yom Tavim celebrating Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Those Yom Tavim stopped when there's Chorim Beis HaMikdash, of course. So just as that, so too the, the Yom Tavim of Megillus Tiny has stopped. Why would those Yom Tavim stop? What do they have to do with the Beis HaMikdash? So it must be. And this is ultimately what the Oymik of the Gemara is saying, is that Chazal and their Ruch HaKadosh understood that all of those Nisim, all of those mini Nisim that took place, those uh, subtle miracles that took place during the times of the second base of Mikdash, that on the outside might not seem that those Nisim were emanating from base of Mikdash. It was a drought that ended, like I said, a Magaifa that stopped, a decree that was annulled. Happens to be it was during the times of the base of Mikdash. But the Gemara is telling us that Chazal understood that although on the outside it might not seem to have been related to Beis Hamikdash, but in Pneumius, that's where those Nisim were coming from. 
the reason why the drought ended, or the reason why the particular decree was annulled, that was an expression of, that was based on English. The based on English was part of that. And therefore, says the Gemara, since, even though it might not seem like that, but says the Gemara, every single one of those many holidays of Megillus Tainus, those were based on Migdash the Giyam The source of that Yantif, the source of that miracle, the source of that Yantif, was Be'etzim the Beis HaMikdash. Therefore, says the Gemara, just as the Yantif of Tishabav, which is the celebration of Beis HaMikdash Mamish in a clear Bechitzonis, Mamish Vipoyal, just as that, that Yantif ends when there's no physical Beis HaMikdash, so, so too, these other Yom Taivim, these other mini Yom Taivim, even though they won't seem on the outside as if they're emanating from Beis HaMikdash, but they are. So without a Beis HaMikdash, we, we, don't, we don't keep them anymore. Says the Gemara, with the exception of two holidays. The exception of Purim and Hanukkah. Purim and Hanukkah still continue on, even as Yom Taivim of Megillah's times. Which means... That when we think of the Yontav of Hanukkah and Purim, we think of them as individual Yom Tov, as Hanukkah, okay, Hanukkah is Hanukkah, Purim is Purim. Purim, we were saved from the Tzir of Haman and so on. From the fact that the Purim still exists by us, and Hanukkah still exists by us, as Yom Tov of Megillah's Tainus as well, it means that Chazal understood that Be'emes Be'emes, the Yontif of Hanukkah and Purim, are Yom Taivim that are celebrating the R, the light of the Beis HaMikdash. And that's why these Yom Taivim of Megillus Tainus, which are rooted in the light of the Beis HaMikdash, so most of them don't maintain their strength after Purim Beis HaMikdash, except for two, Hanukkah and Purim. Hanukkah and Purim, the light of the Beis HaMikdash is so stark, it's so essential, to the nature of these Yom Toivim, that they, that they carry on even after Kurm Beis HaMikdash. So that means what we're seeing from the Sugi and the Gemara Rosh Hashanah in a very clear way, what the Sugi is telling us is, is that the very definition of the Yom Toivim Hanuk and Purim are Yom Toivim that are celebrating the light of Beis HaMikdash. So here's the, here's the question then. I understand Hanukkah. I understand Hanukkah is a Yom Tif like that. What's the whole Yantav of Hanukkah? Celebrating Hanukkah Zabai. It's celebrating the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash. The whole Yantav of Hanukkah is celebrating the Beis HaMikdash. And the way we keep, and the halachas of Hanukkah, the mitzvahs, hayyam of Hanukkah, are Beis HaMikdash. You like the menorah. So the whole union of Hanukkah is a Yantav that's the light of the Beis HaMikdash. It's mamish what the Hanukkah is. So I understand. So that's a Yantav. I understand that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Beis HaMikdash to Yantav. So Memela. It makes sense that it's that it, that it's a Megillus Tainus Yontif as well, and it move, and it carries on just as Lara Hanukkah carries on, so it carries on as well as the Yontif of Megillus Tainus. But here's the question: If Purim is also a Yontif that carries on because of Megillus Tainus, which means that Purim is defined is being defined for us as a Yontif which is celebrating the light of Beis Hamikdash, where do we see Beis Hamikdash? In the story of Purim, we understand that when you take a you know sort of a broader historical look, we we, we see that the, that Purim is about building the foundations. What eventually would be the second base of Migdash, Esther and Achashverosh have a son who eventually is, takes over the, the Persian Empire and permits this building the second base of Migdash, and uh, 
Haman's sons were killed because they stopped building the second base of English. So there's definitely a theme of that. But that's not the, the toikif of the nays. The Indian of Purim is not necessarily based on Migdash. It's about Mimoas Lachaim, that we survived, that we live on. But if, if Purim exists as, as a Megillah's tiniest Gyontif, which is that it is a based on Migdash, the Gyontif. So the question is, we're in, we're in the midst of Hayyam of Purim. We're in Purim, do we find that it's Indian based on Migdash? Chanukah is mamish based on English. Where is Purim based on English? You have to like look very, very, you know, you have to search very well in order to find based on English. In the Megillah itself, where is based on English? So here's the Nakuda. Just last week, in the parish, it says in Pasuk, Vasili Mikdash, Hashem says to Meish in the midst of building a base of Megdash, a building in Mishkan, Vasili Mikdash, Vishachanti Besaycham. So everyone knows. Everyone knows the Deek of Chazal. It's, uh, it's questionable where in Chazal, but somewhere in Chazal. Vasli Mikdash Vishachanti Besaycham. Hashem says, build a base of Mikdash, and I will reside amongst you. Amongst you, amongst all of you. Vishachanti Besaychai. I will reside in the building. So Chazal Sevonos Besaycham means Besaych Kol Echad which means as follows. From there we see the following principle, is that what Beis HaMikdash means, the light of Beis HaMikdash is certainly a Kedusha and a light that resides and exists in a particular place, Harbais, Yushalayim, and so on. And the Beis HaMikdash as it exists in place is what's being celebrated by Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a Beis HaMikdash Dekiyantif, as we see that it exists in Megillus Tainus, and what Beis HaMikdash is being celebrated, what are the Beis HaMikdash is being continued on from generation to generation with Hanukkah, the light of that Beis HaMikdash of place. But at the same time that there's such a thing as the Beis HaMikdash of place, it's also Beis HaMikdash of Nefesh. There's also such a thing as B'Sai Cham, B'Sai There's such a thing that a Yid is, the, the soul of a, the essence of a Jew is also a, a Beis HaMikdash of Nefesh. That Indian of Beis HaMikdash, as it, as it is translated in the Neshama, that's what Purim is. So the Indian of Purim, as we'll see in a moment, the Gezer of Hama, everything about Purim, is not just a matter of the survival of the Jewish people, and we celebrate our survival, and you know, Shalachmanes, Matanas, The Indian of Purim is a celebration of this Mitzias, that a Yid is a walking Beis HaMikdash. There's a Beis HaMikdash of place, that's Hanukkah. There's a Beis HaMikdash of the Nefesh, that's called Purim. So what does it mean, a Beis HaMikdash of the Neshama? What does it mean to be a Beis HaMikdash? That's the question. And this is what Purim Kadin is revealing to us about Purim. Looking at Purim from a distance, through that crack that's called Purim Kadin, we're now able to see that what Purim is, is not just a celebration of the survival of the Jewish people, it's a celebration of our def- definition as walking, living, breathing Bate Mikdash. That's what Purim is. And when Haman was trying to destroy the Jewish people and Lahashmul Arga'abed, that itself meant the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash of the Nefesh. Our survival, our overcoming Haman was not just human surviving. It was a Gilui of that Indian that's called Kedushas Beis HaMikdash Sheva Nefesh. So what does that mean? What does it mean to be a walking Beis HaMikdash? We know what a Beis HaMikdash is, we can conceptualize what a Beis HaMikdash is in place. It's a building that the Rabbanishal's presence is there. What does it mean as a person? Alright. So we share with you a Rambam. Also, another key 
you know, for, for bringing. So it's like this. You know, we know that when it comes to Purim, the, uh, the mitzvahs that revolve around so we have the Suda, right? The mitzvah of the Suda. You have Mishlech Manas and Matanas of Yayim. So it's well known, the Ramam talks about, let's say you only have a certain amount of money and, 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 uh, you know, and, and resources to spend on these, young, on these mitzvahs. Which one takes priority? So it's well known, the Ramam Hilchus Megil, the Ramam says, that if a person has the means, you should spend more of your money and uh, resources in the mitzvah of Mishlech Manas, uh, I'm sorry, Matanas Levyonim, I'm sorry, Matanas Levyonim, more than the Sud and Shalach Manas. Why? So says the Ram on the following principle, all three of these mitzvahs, the Suda, Shalach Manas, and Matanas Levyonim, are all about capturing the Simcha of Purim. It's all about trying to capture that Simcha. And we know the Simcha of Purim is much greater, much deeper than the Simcha of other Yom Toivim. And they're all trying to grab that Simcha of Purim. And says the Rambam, and from all those three things, the Suda, Shalach Manas, and Matanas of Yainim, the one of them that captures the most and the most profound and the most tzumzach is Matanas of Yainim. Why? So says the Rambam, She'ein simcha gadol mufarah, there is no greater and more spectacular simcha that a Jew can feel than being mechayah, than being mechazek, leiv amlom halolo, than trying to help. Impoverished people, people, there's no greater simcha that the giver has than by helping these yin. So that's all you need to know. Since the mitzvahs of the day are about simcha, and says the Rambam, Matonas of creates the most simcha, so that's the one to focus on. But the Rambam doesn't stop there. The Rambam feels compelled to explain why that simcha of Matonas of is greater than everything else. Says the Rambam, because when a person brings simcha and helps other yidin, impoverished yidin, you then stop being just a person. You then take on a new persona. You then take on a new existence. You've emptied yourself out at that moment and you've become something that the Svarnach Chazal described as a merkava for the shechina. You become a chariot, you become a conduit, you become a shliach of the Rabbani It's not you anymore. You are now just a shell. You are an empty shell through which the Rabbani is now filling your life. Why? Because the Rabbani his calling card, the Rabbani what he does, his inyan, is to help people that are poor. That's his inyan. So when you help people that are poor, says the Rambam, you're daim l'shechina at that moment, you are becoming similar, which in the language of the Rambam means becoming one with. You are becoming a, 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 a shliach. You are becoming a vessel for the Divine Presence herself, for the Rabbani Shalom himself. Why does the Rambam need to tell us this explanation? I mean, it's very nice. It's good to know it. But every word of the Rambam is halacha. Why, why do we have... Whatever, whatever, let's say it's for other reasons why a person is simple when you give matana sofya. Whatever the reason is. The Rambam has to tell us that you know why there's such a greater simple by matana sofya. I'll tell you why. Because this is mamish so clearly that you're attached to the Shechina. The answer is what the Ram is telling us is the following side. What is Beis HaMikdash Shabinev? What does it mean to be a walking Beis HaMikdash? To be a walking Beis HaMikdash means that you are no longer you. All you are, every single moment of your life, all you are is a Shliach, you are a Markava, you are a chariot for the Rabbanu Shleilam. The Rabbanu Shleilam, Kivyachal, is infinite. 
The Rabbanu Shleilam Kivyachal is above Seichel, above Midas, above all of this world. And the Rabbanu Shleilam wants to be mated. The Rabbanu Shleilam wants to do good things. The Rabbanu Shleilam wants to be mechazik people. He needs shluchim. He needs people that are willing to divest themselves, to remove their own ego, their own identity, and take on a much deeper person, which is a shlich of the Rabbanu Shleilam. I'm going to become nothing but an extension of the Rabbanu Shleilam. Says the Rambam, that is the essence of Purim. This is the essence of what it means to be a walking Beis HaMikdash. What's a Beis HaMikdash? The Rambam says already also in Hilchas Beis HaMikdash, the beginning, that what is a Beis HaMikdash? Rambam defines it as a Bayes LaShem. It's, it's an empty shell for which the Rabbi Nishlam can reside in. That's what a Beis HaMikdash is. What does it mean a Beis HaMikdash for the Neshama? A Beis HaMikdash for the Neshama also means that what? That who you are is nothing but what the Rabbanu Shalom needs of you right now. That's who you are. Let's understand the oymik of... of how, how do you get rid of Haman? The, great, the deepest defeat of the Sitra Achra is when you take exactly what he was trying to do and you capture that Bikdusha, and you incorporate that Bikdusha. What was Haman trying to do? To completely destroy the Jewish people. Death. That's what he's trying to be, to bring death into the world. So what's the tikkun of that? What's the ultimate, what's the ultimate victory over Haman? Not just life. The victory over Haman is to take is Misa Bikdusha. Death Bikdusha. What does it mean to have what does it mean Lahashman Bikdusha? Lahashman Bikdusha means bitl, an absolute nullification of, of the self. But the ultimate bittle that a Jew can experience is not by sitting in a corner and saying, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm a nobody. The ultimate bittle comes by replacing yourself with what you're needed for. The ultimate bittle comes by re-identifying yourself as I'm not me that does X, Y, Z. All I am is an extension of what the Rabbanu needs me to be. Who am I? I'm nothing. I'm a shlich, I'm a merkava. This is what it means. The, ult- the ultimate chayim that we were to with Purim is be'etzem a misa b'kdusha. It's, a, it's an annihilation of the self in the holiest, most profound way. But not in a way of tsar and akmas nefesh It's a way of replacing yourself with something that's so much more profound, where the old self is stripped away and you become something altogether new. You become literally a merkava. Your name now is the name of Hashem. And just as just as the Rabbani Shalom is forever, the Jewish people are automatically forever. Our foreverness, our nitzchi is, our inability to ever be destroyed is because we destroy ourselves by becoming merkavas for the Shekhinah. Says the Ramam, of all the mitzvahs, matanas of yainim is so directly, obviously, the avoid of merkavah the Shekhinah, it takes precedence over everything else. And that's where the Simcha comes from. Why is the Simcha Purim deep? Why, what, in what way is the Simcha Purim greater than Yantif? The, 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 the Simcha of every Yantif is a Gavaldic thing. You're happy about the, the nace that happened, the Tevekas that happens at that time. But every Yantif, there's you and there's the Rabbani and you are besimcha over the fact that you are in the presence of Hashem. Purim is such a higher bechina. By Purim, there is no chil between you and the Rabbani Shalom. You're a makavah for Elikos. You've been annihilated. You've been replaced with the Rabbani Shalom. The Rabbani Shalom has, is meslabish kivyochel within us. The simcha of Purim is a simcha not of you celebrating what's in front of you. It, it, it's a simcha of Reality becoming reoriented as just an empty shell for Elokos.
So you express that with Adlayada. You express that with Mishlaich Manas, that my suit is not my suit, it's Yenim Suda. And you celebrate that in the most profound way, Matana Savim, that you literally act as the Rabbana Shalom's extension. This is what it means to, this is why, again, as I said, Purim, therefore, in Pneumius, is not a celebration of just time survival, and it's not just a celebration of Ahtos, it's a celebration of the ultimate definition of what it is as Merkava Lashkina. This is why, by the way, it's an interesting halacha, there's a, you know, when it comes to the mitzvah of, 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 of Megillah, of, of, Megillah, of Mikra Megillah, so the, what, what bracha do we make before Megillah Sester? There's a mitzvah to, he, to, to read Megillah Sester. So when the, when the Balkari is laying in the Megillah, how are you, I'd say? It's as if you're reading it. You know, it's interesting, there's a sheet in the many Rishayim that just as there's a mitzvah to read Megillah Sester, reading it is not enough. You also have to hear it. You know what that means? That means whenever you're being guided to Megillah Sester, it means that you're reading it to yourself. That's what it means. You're reading it, and you're hearing it from yourself. Why would you have to read it to yourself? You're reading it, that's you. If you're reading it to yourself, it's almost as if you're not you, right? It's like you're reading it to someone else, and that someone else is you. So who am I? Because the whole site of Purim is, I don't know who I am. I am reading it to myself, as if I am someone that I'm not. Because you're not someone that you are. You're talking to someone that you're not. Who are you? Merkav for the Shina. I thought my name was Yasakinsky. Yeah, that's all before Purim. On Purim, Shemus Akdashim, that's what you are in Purim. So you read to yourself. You contemplate who you are, like from the outside. You're watching yourself. Like that's how you read the Miguel Sester, right? Everyone claps Haman. It's like it's a play. It's not as you think, but this is not it really happened. It's really happening, you know. But it's like we act as if we're watching it on like a screen or some sort of distance. Kilo. Kilo, it didn't happen to us. It did happen to us, but we're not us. It's the whole avoid of being in recovery. Now here's, here's is where, now we can understand a little bit where all the hashpois of Purim come from. And all of this is really guitarist feel that we should just be zeichet to the hashpois. Purim is an amazing day because the hashpois of Purim we know is unbelievable hashpois begashmiyah. Kol countless stories, you know, the, of Yeshua's that happened, the Poyal, you know, Mamish, Bagashmis, Parnasa Bereva, Mamish, Yeshua, Ashiris Muflaga comes down on Purim. Mamish, Bagashmis. But at the same time, it's also Mamish, Iris of Ruchnias. And you see in the Megillah from Chazal that the line between Gashmis and Ruchnias is almost completely non existent. Kipshuta, those are words describing the human and the very practical, the Antwerp Gashmistika celebration. What did Chazal say? Arzutaira, Yukarza Tfilin, and so on. Like, Chazal redefined them as Ruchnistika celebrations and expressions. So, why does the Megillah just say Arzutaira and so on? The answer is the Megillah is trying to say that somehow on Purim, there's a Hashpa, unbelievable, unbelievable Hashpa of Gashmias and Ruchnias altogether. Why is that? It's because that's the side of Purim. The side of Purim is being in Rakhav for Elukos. Being this, being this emissary for the Rabbanu Shalom. Rabbanu Shalom is, is Lamam Mitam Vadas. Rabbanu Shalom is not Chas Shalom Gashmi. But nevertheless, he extends his, his presence in the world through us. Gashmi is in Ruchnis all at the same time. Even in the Beis English, you know, because I'll say that if a person wants wealth, then you should tilt when you daven 
If you want chachma, you want wisdom, tilt to the south. Ruchni is tilt to the south because that's where the menorah was. So it's a school for wisdom, for Ruchnius. If you want wealth, tilt to the north, because that's where the shulchan was. So in this world, a normal day, you have to make a choice. Either I'm going to tilt north or south, which one? But on Purim, when you're a Beis HaMikdash, then guess what you have? You have both. You have uh, Shulchan and the Menayra. It's all the same thing. The Beis HaMikdash was a place whose, whose physical beauty was an expression of its spiritual essence. So Purim is a day that brings these Hashpais of both Gashmis and Ruchnias. So what's the Avoidah of Purim Kadin? The Avoidah of Purim Kadin, because again, as, like I said in the beginning, that Purim Kadin gives us the ability to sort of gaze upon Purim from enough of a distance that we can articulate what Purim is and be of ourselves, obligate ourselves to live in a much deeper way because of it. So what's the Avoidah that comes out from Purim Kadin? The Avoidah is... Always be asking yourself, what does the Rabbanishal need of you right now? What is my mission? Life? What am I here for? What does this moment require of me? Like I've mentioned many times, the way a Jew has to think of life, the way we have to think of ourselves is that we are not human beings that are here trying to you know, do the best we can. We are being sent constantly, every single moment of life, we are being sent into this world with one purpose, which is bring Gula to that moment. Bring Tikkun, bring Mashiach, be the Moshe Rabbeinu of that particular moment. Because every moment in this world that we're being sent to, and every situation we're being sent to, is a matzav, is a, is a situation of Golas, is asking for our help. It's the princess, you know, uh, damsel in distress. It's the lost princess. And every single moment is asking for that Yeshua. And there's only one person that can do it, there's only one being that can do it, which is really the Rabbanu Shlom, and there's only one person the Rabbanu Shlom is tapping on the shoulder and saying, I need your help, and that's you. Everyone knows at this point in the, in the, you know, in the world, everyone knows how important it is to remember the Rabbanu Shlom loves you. But I'll tell you the truth, uh, that's not enough. Because, you know, people love their pets also. So you want to be uh, Hashem's dribble? Doesn't, uh, it's not, that's not nice either. Hashem loves you, but He needs you. The love that He has for us comes from a deep respect for us. The Rabbana Shalom needs us. If it wasn't for us, this world would still be an unbelievable toyu. It's already toyu. He needs us to be Masak in the world, and He sends us every single moment for that purpose. When you divest yourself from your human identity and your human persona from being a hamster and a gerbil that God loves, rather, to be the Rabbanu Shalom's emissary and the Rabbanu Shalom's yad in this world for one purpose, to be the Maisha Rabbeinu of this moment, because there is no other Maisha in this moment in your life, that's called, that's called really living. That's called Chaynitzkin, that's called Purim, that's called the Simch of Mamish Ad Yoda. Hashem should bless us. That whether we... That, and, whether you have madrigas, you don't have madrigas, you know you don't know. Lamaisa, if you exist, it means the Rabbanu Shalom is tapping you on the shoulder and telling you, I need you right now. Hashem should bless us that we should be zachot to be reminded of that. Not to think of ourselves as stam people in Tavshin Beidal that, you know, that have certain things and certain... We're mamish shluchim of the Rabbanu Shalom in every single moment and every single second. We're the Maishar Rabbeinu of our lives, of our families, 
of this moment. No one can do what you are supposed to do right now. No one can do what I'm supposed to do right now. No one can do what any Yid is able to do at that moment. We have to embrace that role, embrace that shlichus, embrace that responsibility, embrace that love that comes from a deep respect from the Rabbani Shalom. And from that will be Yisaycha. When enough Moshe Rabbeinus get together, then the, the Iker Moshe Raimem themselves, as, as it will be in Islavish and Ishmas David, will be able to be Yisaycha to see all together, not just the return of the physical base HaMikdash and the light of Hanukkah. But deeper than that, the Kiyam B'poyal of that, that, that promise of Eshachanti V'saycham 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 that just like Purim was, Purim never ends, will be Zaycham to literally be walking by the HaMikdash V'saycham 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 V'sayc